Blog Talk Radio. Don't enter rise up in the morning and give thanks and praise to the most I give thanks for life. I say, Jaja, won't you bless Africa, Jaja? Won't you rise up the youth, Papa? Oh, 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 oh,
and I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is your brother Seth Turner running out of breath here, uh, but nevertheless, I'm here. How's everybody doing tonight? Again, this is your brother Seth Turner. You listen to Five Smooth Stones Network, and tonight, 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 what do we have? We have an open forum for the public and, and our friends and family. Uh, and uh, really, I'm looking forward to this show tonight. These open forums are very easy, and that all we do is pretty much we just uh, keep the phone lines open for your uh, your uh, questions and comments. Y'all got to bear with me. I, I didn't know that song had stopped. But anyway, um, I just, again, welcome everyone truly to this episode tonight on this December the 18th, 2019 uh, with another episode with Gordio. Uh I uh, was trying to call a, a, a particular brother that wanted to join the show tonight, and I may have to do that. So I want to go to a different, uh, we'll just play another little song here just to buy me a little time, and then plus to get some more callers, because we got quite a few already on the line, but I know more people will be tuning in. So y'all just give me a few more minutes while I try to... Uh, um, Try to buy. Try to um, get a, 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 another another personal line, please. Bear with me, okay? Again, tonight's show is open forum, and uh, we're just going to be talking about whatever is on the minds of our brothers and sisters uh, that's uh, been uh, following the show, and, and and even those of you that are new to the Five Foot Stone tonight. Tonight is open forum. Again, I'm Brother Seth, and I guess this is now over. Folks, we're right at 400 shows. Can y'all believe that? I think we're right at or somewhere around 398 or something like that. So anyway, let's just enjoy another. Um, this actually is another version of Waymaker, and uh, we'll be right back. I love that song. So let's just put another uh, version of Waymaker. We'll be right back, folks.
Thank you. 
Well, now I want to apologize for that. I just had to make a, a, a reach out to another a person having trouble getting the phone on the phone line. Again, Blog Talk is um, charging some of our listeners to listen to the show, and I'm having to call people these days, so I, I do apologize for that. But hopefully, y'all enjoyed those two different um, um, versions of Waymaker, Rastafari, and as well as um, traditional. So anyway, because truly, he is a Waymaker, and I love that song, love that message. And I just uh, love playing that. Love playing that. So listen, folks. Again, I want to thank every single one of y'all for tuning in tonight for this open forum. Open forum. Open forum meaning whatever is on your mind. Whatever is on your heart. And uh, hopefully whatever is on your spirit, more importantly, we can talk about. All you have to do is press 1. The rules are simple. Come on, share. Uh, we try to limit our callers to no more than about five minutes. Uh, but that's, I'm really flexible with that, depending upon the question and what's going on. So anyway, folks, I just uh, want to remind all of those that's been tuning in since 2011, uh, but you haven't followed the show, to go ahead and follow the show. Follow us, please, please. Those links that we sent out to many of you, on that page somewhere is a follow button. Click that button and just simply log into Twitter or Facebook, and it will allow you to follow us. Anytime we do shows, you'll get reminded. If you missed last week's show, and I have to repeat this because we're always getting new people, but if you missed last week's show, you missed a treat. I do mean that. I don't do shows unless it's really uh, a treat. So we had a, a very nice time last week, and uh, we was able to talk about a lot of things, and... Uh, and that surprise topic. Um, so simply Google Five on Blog Talk Radio if you missed last week's show. And uh, hopefully y'all will be blessed by uh, what we were in blessed what we were blessed by on last week. And any of the previous shows, nearly four hundred shows now, like I was saying earlier, you can enjoy by simply Googling Five Smooths on Blog Talk Radio and you can just uh just just have your pick. Uh, we talk about mainly five topics, mainly five topics, but not all the time. We uh, pretty much hit everything, but mostly we talk about uh, uh, those five answers. Uh, those five uh, 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 answers I got from the Most High uh, that I asked in 1988 at the Southwest Believers Convention after uh, experiencing serious racism with uh, – uh, some of our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, and uh, it led me, uh, persuaded me, encouraged me, motivated me, or whatever you want to call it, to really cry out to the Father in spirit, I mean, not so much tears, but in spirit, uh, you know, how you pray, and then you pray. Well, I really was uh, just hurt by the Father revealing to me how racist the modern-day church is. And uh, how how deep it goes, and uh, a lot of times people just simply didn't know. And uh, the father began to reveal to me even racism inside of myself. All my life, I've lived around so-called African Americans. All my, you know, most of my family is so-called black. And I, of all people, was just blown away by what the father showed me. 
that dwelled inside of me, brothers and sisters. This was something inside of me, and I do mean 100% bona fide white supremacy. And um, it changed my life. That revelation, along with other things that the Father shared with me after I asked him five questions, uh, I don't know if I'll get into that tonight because I talk about it so often on the show, really, and I don't want to bore some of the listeners that hear, keep hearing it every week. So maybe I'll get into it. We'll see. We'll see how the night goes because tonight really is open forum. And so I may just as well talk about that. don't know yet um, as far as what are those five topics and what were the five questions that led to the five topics that we talk about the most on this show. But on Five Smooth Songs, like I said earlier, we talk about everything, things that are happening around us, things that are going on inside of us. Uh, us meaning so-called African Americans. While my show is uh, for the Af- to the African American first and foremost, who I believe are one of the lost tribes of Israel, I do reach out and do programming because I I try to be led by the Spirit. Who um, I believe uh, when you're led by the Spirit, all people can benefit by it. But make no qualms about it. Five smooth songs. And the teachings on this network is to the Jew first, who I believe one of the so-called Jew, or if we can use a better term, Israelites, one of the lost tribes for sure is the people in Af- in America that call themselves African Americans. So a lot, of, a lot of our program is addressing things going on around them, inside of them, and through them, uh, behaviors of them, I should say, good and bad. So that's what we try to fine-tune here on this so-called network we call Five Smooth Stones. Um, and these five topics, I might add, they are smooth, meaning they're not rough around the edges. I believe the Father placed them in me, and uh, I have bounced them off many, many clergymen uh, and non-clergymen and uh, people that's known pretty much, celebrities, all types of people I've talked to about these uh, these five topics. So anyway, folks, that is what's going on tonight. This is open forum. Let me just go ahead and read the show description. It's really short. This is probably the shortest show description I'll ever read, but check it out. This is the show description. And it goes like this. Shows kick off. Show kicks off at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Open forum, December 18th. Phones are lot, phone lines are limited. And I go ahead and give the phone numbers out. And that's pretty much it. Open forum. Show kicks off at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, December 18, 2018. That is it for the show's description. So we're just open. But if any, anyone have questions tonight or comments, this is time to press 1, come on, and share anything that, like I said, is on your heart. Um, folks, listen. Again, there's a lot going on around us. A lot going on um, around us, my goodness, uh, in our government, on all levels, in our schools, in our churches. There's a lot going on, folks. And uh, sometimes you need that voice of reasoning. You need that voice, uh, that person that have a little deeper insight. I don't claim to have all the answers. But I know I've heard 
some answers. And I'm willing to have a blog to where I bring on not just myself to talk about these answers, but friends um, to come on and share with uh, with me as well and present this in this forum. And that's what, what we call Five Most Strong. So, folks, tonight, uh, don't take it lightly. Don't ever take lightly uh, people, humans, reasoning together, especially those that are born again, because these people are nothing to play with, because they house the Most High within their spirit. And uh, like the scripture says, like the scripture says, like the scripture says, about those that are born again, it says, to those that have received the Father into their life by way of Christ and that are are seeking to obey Him. Folks, the Scripture says something very strange. It's said of them that they have an unction from the Holy One and knoweth all things. That's in your Bible and I'm coming out of First John 2 and 20 where the Bible says that we have the Holy One abiding in us we have an unction from the Holy One let me just go ahead and read it this is First John 20 2 and 20 excuse me 2 and 20 all readings tonight will be out of the King James Version Bible if we read if we go to the scriptures uh, and it reads, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things, and ye know all things. Now, I know that probably confused some people because people are saying, How can I know all things? Of course I don't know all things. I have all kinds of questions unanswered. But what the Scripture is saying, that inside of us is the teacher. And when we go to the services where they have ministers up, these ministers are supposed to be more given to the spiritual things than the average are the laymen ministers. What sets them apart is they are those that are supposed to be pretty much, if I can say it like this, on their face before the Father more. They're supposed to be given to holy things more. We all are required to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. The Bible calls it our reasonable service. Again, all all believers are supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice, um, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. But the clergy is supposed to take it a step further because they, in most cases, will not be working. And um, they're supposed to be closer to the Father. That's all there is to it, folks. You know, you had the priests in Israel that didn't work. They was to live off the tithe from people that did work. And what was their job then if they didn't work, Brother Seth? Well, they were to give themselves to study the scriptures and to prayer, prayers, and fasting. And this is what a minister is supposed to do. And supposed to be that step closer. So we go to these places we call churches. The church is really the people. But we, in our generation, we call the church the building. But really, truly, the church is the people. 
So the church comes together in this building. Some people say it's the appropriate way, and they say assemblies, or they say a fellowship that's more appropriate. It can't go to church. It's impossible. It's impossible to go to church. We are the church, and we go to assemble, or we go to fellowship, and we go hear ministers that are supposed to be given to holy things, and they are supposed to hear from the Father. But like I was reading earlier, the Bible says that we have the Holy One within us, and we know with all things. And so, how can you know all things? We do know it, and we inside of us, so to speak, but we can't hear it. We have the answer, folks, but we can't hear. I said we can't hear. We can't hear that, that voice, the Holy One inside of us. So this is why we go to the ministers and say, and, and inquire. This is why we go. But like I said, we all supposed to be holy. And uh, as, as Scripture says in Romans 12 and 1, to present our bodies holy and acceptable to the Most High. But it's hard to hear Him at times when you when you're in the world system and you're working, uh, especially in America, where you work up to 80 hours every two weeks or 40 hours. Some of y'all work 50 and 60 hours, and you're not holy. You're not given to to, to holy things. We're all in the world. We're we're rubbing elbows with worldly people every single day, and it's hard to hear uh, that that we that that, that that the answer the answer that's inside of us. It's hard to hear the answer that's inside of us. So, um, as um, again, uh, those of you that didn't catch that first John two twenty says, for sure you have an unction from the Holy One and knoweth all things. So, listen, folks. Tonight again, we don't have to stay on that. We just kind of talking, sharing tonight again. Uh, this is open forum. Uh, we just whatever's on the people's heart. Now, if y'all do not press one tonight, because I'm not gonna keep mentioning that because uh, I know I've got quite a few people on the line and a lot of people just like calling this five school song and just listening and that's good and then we have these nights where everybody's going to have a question so don't know which way that'll happen which way that will go tonight but I'll just keep firing away because you know Brother Seth truly has a lot on his heart I want to talk about something that is really dear to my heart and that is um uh, several things I want I have on the table. Uh, if we don't hear from uh, the listeners tonight, Brother Seth will just continue sharing and uh, and uh, on various things that's on his heart. And one of the things that's on my heart is the word deliverance. Deliverance. What does it mean? You hear it a lot. Deliverance. Deliverance. You know, a lot of people attend church. Uh, attend the assembly or the fellowship, and there are people that are bound by various things, all types of things people are bound by, and uh, I want to talk about various forms of deliverance. Some people are bound physically through sickness, and um, and uh, of course there's the two different types of people that are sick when the body just don't function like it's supposed to or need to. And then there's a, there are those that it's a spirit. It's just a flat-out spirit that have afflicted them. Uh, the Bible talks about a spirit of infirmity. There was a woman bowed over in the Bible. And Christ made it very clear that it was a spirit, 
not her body needing a res, uh, a creative miracle like a blind person. That's where you're gonna need new pupils. Not a creative mutant. Not a withered hand. Uh, not somebody that can't walk. But those are creative creative miracles where the father just create a new, um, you know, a new hand or a new leg or new eyes, new pupils. But there are some times when people are just bound by a spirit of infirmity. And so I just wanted to hit that a little bit. But that's only one form of deliverance. There's other forms of deliverance. People got ain't nothing wrong with their body. But there are there are their their thinking is, is, is full of lies and deception and ignorance and and uh, this is where you get your racist people and all types of uh, people are, are full of narcissism and, uh, you know, the worship of self, uh, all types of mindsets in the in our fellowships or even outside of the church. There are people that are bound, bound. They're not free. They're bound. Um, oftentimes they can they can't handle it and they end up doing something with their life that's destructive, either quickly something that destroys them quickly, or most of the time something that destroys them slowly. They they turn to these things for some type of relief. Uh, many people turn to drugs because they are bound, or some people. Um, <laughs> turn to sex because they are bound. When we say sex, we're talking about illicit sex, not not with your wife or anything like that the right way, but they turn to all types of deviant behaviors because they are bound. So I want to talk about the word deliverance. Deliverance, because it's really been in my spirit really strong. I know we've done a show on uh, spiritual warfare, and I don't know if I hit this, this particular angle I'm coming at tonight. But we can talk about that. I want to share about. I want to share, if nothing else, uh, about uh, being delivered, truly delivered. And this is a term you hear mostly in holiness churches, but it's not something just related to holiness churches. It's related to humanity. Uh, people that are bound, either physically, like I said, through sickness, uh, are, are mentally bound. And then there's some people. They nothing wrong with their body. Their mind is clear. They are they articulate well. They express themselves very well, but they have something going on in their spirit. Oh my goodness, something going on in their spirit. And I want to talk about that tonight a little bit. Uh, again, we don't have to stick on any one topic because this is open form. I never know which way these shows going to go because a lot of you will raise your hand and ask a question and we'll just start going on a completely different road. And do not think tonight you're being rude by asking a question completely off the table. It is okay tonight. It is okay tonight, all right? I don't always say that. It is okay tonight. Uh, then there's, uh, like I said, uh, the last state I was talking about is a spiritual state. This spiritual bondage is really strange. I can't say which is the worst, but this one for sure is serious. This one, nobody can figure you out. Nothing is wrong with the way you talk. You articulate well. You may be educated. Um, you may be wealthy. But you have 
spiritual bondage going on with you, and it has to do with evil spirits. Now, it's just something about you. Maybe something about your house. Maybe something about your... Um, it's just something about when you come around a bondage that you're in, obviously, and it's got you almost... I mean, it, it's, it's levels of this now. Everybody's not ready to jump off a brief, but there are some people that cannot live. They cannot stand it. It is so bad. They want to end their life. They cannot continue to go on with this bondage. Uh, uh, there was one gentleman, a minister, I'll mention his name, but he wasn't in a place of suicide. Uh, but um, James Robson is one minister that comes to mind, and he was really suffering from spiritual bondage. James Robinson was a man who wasn't sick in his body. Uh, from what we know, he, there was nothing wrong with him physically. He was fine. Uh, he was a slender man. He wasn't overweight or anything like that from what we, from what we know. And then uh, mentally, he was a, a, a evangelist, a world evangelist, so he wasn't crazy or anything like that. But there was something going on with James Robinson. And everybody know about this name, so that's one reason I thought to pick a, talk, thought to, uh, talk about him tonight because many, many know James Robinson. He's a world name, world figure. So that's why I thought to bring him up. But this man testified, have told the world about his uh, battle spiritually. Again, spiritually he was battling. So there's various types of bondages. And tonight I'm going to tell my... Uh, Deliverance, deliverance, deliverance from these strongholds, either spiritually, which is the hardest one to detect, because these people can be professionals, they can be wealthy, they can look very well, and yet in their spirit, they're about to just end it, like Deion Sanders, here's another name, and maybe I'll talk about uh, how these different people got free. And I'll talk about myself, you know, because I have experienced for sure bondage, bondage spiritually, physically, mental bondage. Folks, listen. The scripture says that Christ came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Christ, the Bible says, the anointing breaks every yoke. The anointing breaks every yoke. Yoke of what? Bondage. Bondage. So far, I mentioned two people tonight that I may talk about. One of them is James Robinson. Another one is, um, I thought I would pick a name everybody know, and that is Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders had just won the Super Bowl. He was at the top of his game and uh, <laughs> Deion Sanders have told the world this story. And I'm just I'm only talking about these gentlemen because everybody knows these these two people. So they're different colors, or different uh, different uh, different types of people, if you can, if I could say that. And uh, so many of you you might not identify with James Robinson, but you probably most likely would identify with Deion Sanders, but. These people experience something called bondage. Again, um, these particular this, these particular individuals experience bondage. Now,
not in their body, because Deion Sanders had a, uh, this is an athlete, so he was tip-top body-wise, tip-top, one of the best, if not the best ever to play NFL, and uh, James Robinson when it th- it was at the height of his game with regards to being an evangelist. So two different careers, and yet one common thing, spiritual. So we, like I said, there's physical bondage, there's mental bondage, but I want to focus first on spiritual bondage. And again, welcome to Five Smooth Stone Network tonight. Um, make sure I've covered everything before I get into this, because when I get into this, it's going to speed up. Yeah, I guarantee you, you're all going to be blessed by what you're going to hear tonight. Again, there are several topics on my mind, but this is one of them. Another bondage um, we, we, we as humanity experience had to do with us being caught up in sin as a human family, and we could not approach the God of Israel or the Elohim of Israel, the true God of the earth that made heavens and earth. Uh, as scriptures say, the Father made the heavens and the earth by the Son. Uh, it's like counseling him. And he made, he ordered, he made the heavens, as the scriptures say, by the Son. Now, when we began to sin in the garden, as our forefathers sinned in the garden and so forth, y'all know the stories, you don't need me to go into it, but man became cursed to some degree because of the sins of our foreparents. And uh, then we was given the, the right to choose. Remember, God placed before you good and evil, choose good. I placed before you, the Father said, good and evil, choose good. He gave us a hint as to what to choose. And so, but it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be this evil place before us, but because of the fall of Adam and Eve, this is when we uh, got this choice put, put before us. But anyway, make the long story short. After after you know about the story of Noah and all of the the, the generations after him, we was in trouble, folks, because we had no relationship with the Father like we once did, and so something happened very important. Something changed the course of humanity, and that was when the Messiah came on the scene. This is Christmas time, so this is kind of related in a sense. It is related. Um, and as you know, many of you know, in the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats is what kept mankind in relationship with God. Those priests had to offer up those sacrifices of blood, of bulls and goats, else man could not talk with the Father. Man could not deal with the Father. Man could not have a relationship with the Father unless the blood of bulls and goats had been spilled. So as long as, as those animals was dying, the Father could deal with mankind. But really and truly, without that, it, 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 it was not so. So, y'all know what happened, right? We had this priesthood, and they are the ones that gave us the word of the Father. Well, when Christ came on the scene to speed everything up, he shed his blood once and for all for the sins of everybody. And now... A lot of y'all don't know this. This is a shame if you don't know that you've been in these, a lot of these assemblies or a lot of these fellowships and you don't know what I'm about to say. But when Christ's blood was shed, the Father wiped away our sins, 
not just one time like he did with the blood of bulls and goats, but he wiped away our sins forever, ever and ever, past, present, future, mankind, mankind, sins never again will hold us back. The Father would never not allow us in his presence because of our sin. The Father will never again not allow us in his presence because of our shortcomings, because of the blood of Christ. This right here was the ultimate deliverance. I told you I was going to be talking about the word deliverance tonight, deliverance. Well, this was the ultimate deliverance of all deliverances for our ills, for our pains, for our setbacks that we experience in the fall. Because now, those of us that believe in and, and receive the Father into our life and really truly believe that he, that he sent His Son who came and died for our sins, those of us that believe that and is seeking Him, the Bible says we have been placed like, we have been placed inside of Christ. And now our identity is hid in Christ. Those of us that are born again, that's what the term born again means. We are born again. And this new man, uh, we are positioned in Christ. I'm going to say it again. We are born again. Those of us that have believed the scriptures. It's not easy to believe the scriptures. It has to be a gift all by itself. But when we've been given a gift to believe, and we do believe in the Messiah, that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose again and is returning. When we believe that and receive the Father by way of this Messiah, the scriptures declares that we are born again and that our life, our identity is hid. It says in Christ we live and move and have our being. I don't want to get too deep on too many people, but i got to say some of this, folks. we just got to learn some things, you know, if you don't already know this, of course. But the scripture says, in him, that term right there is major. Sometime, one of these days, I'm going to do a Bible study just with on those two words, in him, in him, in him. It's, a, it's, 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 it's crazy what happened to us and how that we have been placed in him, meaning in the Messiah. Our identity has been hid. And so now the Father sees not us, but Christ. We're in Christ. Here's a scripture that kind of backs up what I'm saying. The scripture says, in him we move, we live, we have our being. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. Uh, there's another, that's Acts 17 and 28, if you want to read more on that. But uh, and I'm not going to do a whole lot of reading tonight, but that's proof right there. The scripture talks about us being in him. We don't exist outside of Christ. We exist inside of Christ. Now, while we live on the earth and we have names, and hey, John, hey, Mike, and, you know, Mike and John have now been born again, but we still call them by those old names. Really and truly, who they are in the spirit is a new creature. That's another scripture that says uh, we're new creatures in Christ. And I'm going somewhere with this, folks. And again, this is uh, 
this is open forum, so we don't have to stay here. If you have a question completely off the topic, it's not a problem tonight to do that. Normally I have an issue with that. Uh, but tonight it's open forum, so we will talk about whatever is on your heart, on your spirit, on your mind. Uh, so like I said, there's a lot going on around us, all types of stuff brewing inside of us, inside of us. Don't nobody know about it, but the five in us. And then there's things that is going on with us. The Father is doing through us to other people, to our families. He's using us to do this, that, and the other. We can talk about that. And then, unfortunately, the enemy is using a lot of us as well. So we'll be talking about what's going on inside of us, around us, and through us tonight. Uh, so right now I'm just kind of talking about, again, the uh, whole creation story and how we fail as, as humans, and, and the Father uh, brought on the scene the Messiah, and he shed his blood once and for all, for all of our sins, placing us inside of the, of the Son. A lot of people don't know how to explain this, and they've been so-called saved all their life, and it's not a put-down, it's just that we need to be really taught that our you can't work for your salvation. This is one of the biggest myths. Uh, uh, misinformation spread in the church that you can work some kind of way, earn some kind of points with the Father. The Scripture says our righteousness is that in the, in that last uh, verse, uh, last thing, well, new creatures in Christ. Um, that is Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen. Um, but the Scripture says your righteousness is as filthy rags. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. Now, this is those that live before us, and if their righteousness was as filthy rags, what do you think the Father think of our righteousness? And again, that's Isaiah 64 and 6, where it talks about righteousness and uh, no man being able to keep the law uh, to, to the Father's perfection and uh, how that our forefathers can keep it. Let me just say, the, the, uh, let me stick with the scriptures. It says, no one can be justified by the law. And so while a lot of our brothers and sisters think that through the law they can be justified is beyond me because the Father said very clearly that no man could be justified by the law. So we needed the blood of Christ. We needed that blood spill once and for all for our sins, past, present, and future. So tonight, I thought I would just shed a little light on this because there is so many people walking around. I hear it all day long, every day. People thinking, Israelites even thinking, some kind of way they can do something with living, with what they call living holy. Uh, with uh, I know the Bible says be holy. We're supposed to live a certain way, but that's because we are made so pure and righteous in the spirit. Our real, the real us that's commanding these bodies around, the spirit, our, the way the Father sees us is really the way we should see each other, which nobody hardly talks about that. I mean, you can go to church for 20 years and never hear a probably three sermons on the new identity, our new identity. So I just wanted to do a show we hit that just a little bit, our new identity, who we really are, who we really are. Yes, I am so proud that in the flesh, according to the, my fleshly identity, uh, I am, um, I, used, I used to say African-American, but I believe now, more specifically, uh, the mystery is solved as to who these people are in America, these dark-skinned people. 
most of them. I don't think all of them are, but most of them are definitely one of the lost tribes of Israel. So that's a good thing to know. It helps us to understand why we have been brought here in America. And uh, I'm going to get back to the whole bondage thing now. I ain't done with that. Okay? I ain't done with talking about bondage. And, and uh, um, our brother, uh, um, uh, Deion Sanders, and as well as uh, J- uh, James Robinson and, and Deliverance, uh, definitely. But uh, while the mystery has been solved, y'all bear with me here. Tell you what, let me do this. I wanted to play this song that has to do with what I'm talking about. Uh, this song has to do with what I'm talking about, being delivered. Uh, 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 the, the the biggest deliverance, because I was talking about earlier, being physically in bondage and mentally in bondage and spiritually in bondage, and, and I gave some examples of James Robinson and Deion Sanders, and I'll talk more about that in a second. And now I'm talking about a, even a bigger bondage than what they went through, and that was the bondage that humanity suffered when we had we couldn't relate to the Father. We couldn't go before the Father. Only the priest could, and they had to be sprinkling blood as they walk within the Holy of Holies. I know some of y'all may not understand all of this, but we'll make we'll make it clear as we go along here. But uh, a lot of you do know how the, our forefathers had to uh, a lot rely on priests to tell them and to teach them because they could not go before this holy. Holy being uh, the Yah of Israel, they couldn't do it. They could not do it. So, listen, folks. The Messiah comes on the scene, and when he dies, y'all know the story. You know, you're going to hear the tree in times over this Christmas season. Uh, whether you celebrate or not, you're going to hear the story how the Messiah comes to the earth, goodwill to men, sheds his blood once and for all. And now we have been placed in Christ. We have been placed in Christ, like I said, those of us that have received the the, the good news and and and, uh, and believe, we are hid. Identity is hid, and you hardly ever hear people talking about that. That our identity really is hid. We actually should change our name when we become born again in a way, in a, in a sense. Uh, I know that will create all kind of problems, but I'm just saying because I don't think we keep talking like we're the same when we're born again and we truly are not. The fathers see us different. It is so true. We are a new man, a new creature in Christ. It is so true. And it says, here's another scripture that says, we're going to do with all these scriptures. Brothers and sisters, family, by the way, thank uh, all of those who have been following this show since 2011, especially the Douglas Kennedy family, uh, my bloodline family. But what um, what y'all going to do with all these scriptures I'm sharing tonight? The scripture says we're a new creature in Christ. New creatures, what does that mean? We go to church a lot. We go to fellowship a lot. What does that mean with new creatures? Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, do you believe this or not? Do y'all think the Bible is a, a kind of a, a extreme or a fable? Do you really believe the Bible? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, passed away. What things? What what are they saying has passed away? For real, for real, all jokes aside tonight, what has passed away? The people that are in Christ, what has passed away? 
They still got their name. They still look the same. Let's cast away. And it goes on to say, Behold, all things are become new. That is the question. One question for tonight. Here's another scripture. I wanted y'all to think about these scriptures for us. We want to talk about them. Check this out. The scripture talks about, let me just see if I can pull it up here. This is the scripture. These are some very strange scriptures. I, I, I don't think they're strange. I'm just saying to the average person, these would be some strange passages. Listen to this. Again, tonight we're just free-flowing here. We're not on, on any one topic. If you have a question or comment, press 1 and we'll come to you. Colossians 3 and 4 says this. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Now, <laughs> how can Christ be our life? Do you believe these do you believe the Bible? How can Christ be our life? I believe it, of course. But I'm just asking you. I'm asking the call the, the listeners tonight and those those of you that'll be listening to archives. How can Christ be our life? The scripture talks about when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear. Folks, I'm telling you, I'm submitting tonight, one of the, I'm not just submitting this topic to you, but I'm submitting this truth, this solid, valid truth that will solve a lot of our world problems, especially those that suffer with low self-esteem. Folks, I submit to you, those people born again are Christ. Literally, they are him. They are like, they're part of his body. So when we say things like the body of Christ, we just kind of say it and keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. Do you realize what you're saying? Your identity is gone. You are Christ. We're one body. That's why at our assemblies and in our fellowships, we say brother, Charles, sister, Teresa, we say this because we believe we're related. Well, how can we be related? That's inc- that's impossible. How can you be related? You go to this church, you say you're born again a believer, and then you call each other sister and brother. How can we be related? Because when we was born again, we lost our physical identity, and we became a part of the spiritual. That is deep. That's deep. So I want to play this song to talk about this this glorious revelation, this glorious thing that happened to humanity when they was in bondage. The biggest bondage we ever had as humans was when we was in the bondage of sin under the old dispensation. We had no way of having a relationship with the Father, this Elohim, this mighty, mighty, holy, holy being until the Messiah came. And with his blood made us holy, made us righteous through one sacrifice of dying. And then the Father did something very strange. He placed these people, those that those that would come in the future, that would believe, he placed their identity in Christ. He placed, like, just think of the, I, I try to explain this when I teach this from time to time. Just imagine a, a big jug big cute like an aquarium you know they have fish and so forth imagine 
all of us is placed inside of that aquarium. There's no more life outside of Christ. We're in Christ. The Father sees Christ when he sees us. This is why the scripture says we are as righteous as God Almighty himself, because we are now one, the scripture says. He that is joined to Christ is one spirit. He that is joined to Christ is one now, people say, well, this is so elementary. We've been hearing this all our lives. Is it really? Do people really believe this? Because this is the greatest news ever told. And we're coming up on Christmas. And uh, when y'all hear those Christmas carols saying joy to the world and all the things that come, listen to the words of those songs. I know a lot of y'all don't celebrate Christmas. I understand that. I understand that. But you can't knock true worship of the Messiah coming to earth. I mean, I don't care what to do or don't. But just listen to what truly happened. Folks, listen to this. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. I'm getting a lot of scriptures tonight because I don't want y'all to think I'm making this up. People hear this all the time, but you're not going to hear from the angle I'm coming in because I really think this is what's wrong with our society. We are in the... We just see each other based on our flesh too much. This is the problem with a lot of races. They have established white skin as some kind of sacred race, not knowing that all people, first of all, there's no such thing as a race based on color, so they, they worship in something and promoting something that don't even exist. But even if they was correct in claiming a particular race based upon culture and language like the Father talks about, even if they were all these people is in need of a savior. Now, I, y'all know on this show, I talk a lot about the physical uh, characteristics of being Israelites, and I'm not changing any of that. Don't think I'm backstep, backtracking. I'm saying this show tonight, what we're talking about tonight, is a thousand times more important than who we are in the flesh. But if you don't know you're an Israelite, or you don't, you you happen to be one of these other ethnic groups looking at African Americans and you don't know who they are, you're going to abuse them. You're going to say things about them because they are acting way out of character. And you're going to call them names. You may not even call them names if you're respectful. You just think something wrong with them. So you're going to have them in your mind in a place you shouldn't. And if you do that, you won't you won't be able to help but to abuse them unless you're full of the spirit and you're one of those exceptions. But you're going to abuse those people. And those people, more importantly, is going to abuse themselves. So we have to know who we are in the flesh. We have to know that we're Israel. We have to know why we brought here in slave ships. We have to know why our houses are laid by women. We have to know about why, women, why our young men are put in prisons, as the scriptures already told. We have to know why we was mixed, and we're not even the color of people that was taken from Africa. We didn't even have, we didn't have our regular color, really. So a lot of us is light skin, which is a straight product of mixing. So you got to know who we are in the flesh. But more importantly, it's who we are in the spirit. So I want to go ahead and play this song to talk about the big deliverance. 
the big deliverance. We're going to be talking about deliverance tonight. And again, we don't have to stay there. Don't feel bad or feeling like you're carnal or something because you want to ask me about, I don't know what, off topic. It's okay tonight. Tonight we can jump around. Tonight we can jump around. I'm telling y'all, we can jump around. Not a problem. But listen to this. Listen to this song. With regards to what I've said so far, check this out. Isn't this the, <laughs> this the greatest thing that ever happened to humanity? Number one. It's a wonder we don't hear about this more often. Try to hit on it, but they don't really nail it. They still acting like it's something we do to be righteous. It's a gift, and it comes through the blood. Through the blood, through Christ spilling his blood, we became righteous. We be, is Satan known that what the Father was going to do through putting humanity in Christ, he would have never killed him. He would have never moved on them soldiers to take his life. He didn't know he played into the Father's hand. And once the Messiah shed his blood and then was resurrected, righteous, we, our identity is hid in Christ. When the Father sees you, sisters and brothers, those of you that are born again, I promise you, he see his son. You don't exist. I said, you don't exist. I said, you don't exist in the spiritual realm with regards to when the father sees you, he sees his son. Check out this song. We'll be right back, folks. Again, you've been listening to Five Six Stone Network. This brother Seth just talking about a weightier matter tonight. Delivered means to either be rescued from or preserved through. Everybody say, I'm either rescued from or I'm preserved through whatever the trial. Sometimes God instantly rescues your situation. Sometimes he doesn't change the situation. He just locks his arm in yours and preserves you and walks through it with you. How many of you know the difference? Look at somebody and say, I know I'm delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Power of the blood breaks the yokes of bondage and looses us from all satanic influence. Aren't you glad there's bloodlines drawn around you that the devil cannot override or overrule? The blood of Jesus. I'm 
They don't even know that they're in bondage. They say, well, I'm a Christian. I go to church. And they really, some of them really do believe in Christ. And they really have met all the characteristics of what a believer is. They got this faith that the Father gave them. And uh, they really do believe. And some of them are in bondage physically. And I see you. Got a hand up. Eric code 972755. We'll come to you here in a second. But a lot of people is in bondage. I mean bondage. Again, there are some people that are sick because their bodies is malfunctioning because of either the environment or something they ate or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, could be genes. Folks, they're in bondage. And sometimes you can see them. Maybe they're overweight really bad. You can just see the bondage. Now, that bondage everybody knows about when somebody's 400 pounds or something, they barely walk. You can see that. But there are people that is fine. I mean, they look good. And uh, they're ill because of a spirit. The Bible talks about something called a spirit of infirmity. Uh, y'all think I'm making this stuff up, don't you? Y'all really think I'm making this up. Christ healed a person that had a spirit of infirmity. Infirmity. This is a spirit that causes the body to act a certain way. It don't have nothing to do with your body not, you know, it's a spirit. And it's like almost if you run the spirit off, all of a sudden you're not sick no more. Folks, I'm not making this up. Luke, book of Luke, 13 and 10, talks about a woman that had a spirit of infirmity. Well, nothing wrong with her body, per se. I mean, she was bent over. It looked like she had something wrong with her, with her spinal cord or something. But the Bible says, whom Satan has bound these years. And he cast the spirit off. Sometimes he don't mention nothing about no spirit. He'll say, be restored. And the body will take on new peoples. A new a, a, a hand that was withered is no longer withered. But other times he'll say it's a spirit. This was a spirit of infirmity. It's a completely different reason for the body to be sick. These are bondages, and we can, in 2018 or whatever year you listen to this show, we can be delivered. And I do these shows sometimes as a reminder to myself, because sometimes getting busy and talking about this, that, and the other, I forget some of these basics. Many of you know the preacher we had on not too long ago, and he was talking a lot about this, and uh, it sounded like we were saying something completely different. But we was with the minister. We understand about the way of matter of the spiritual world. But there, I mean, we understand the basics of Christ. He was talking about this minister that was on our show not too long ago. And, and many of you think that we don't know the things I'm sharing tonight. Well, tonight I thought I'd do a show where we talk about this, where y'all can see that, true, these Israelites do believe in justification by faith. Uh, we believe in healing. We believe in miracles, the, the gifts of the Spirit, all of these things. It's just that we spend a lot of time talking about the, Israel, the Israelite question because this, too, is something the Father is saying. But let's just take a little little, little break from that just for a second. I'm going to go to the phone lines, have a hand up. Y'all know the rule here on Five Smooth Stones. So I want to have a hand. We go straight to the phone lines. Okay. Eric code 972755. Uh, go ahead and let us know the city you're calling from and your name, please. Welcome to the Five Smooth Stone Network. Who am I speaking with? What's up, bro, Seth? This is John. Uh, hailing from Inglewood, California today. <laughs> How's it going? Well, hey, brother. Good to hear your voice. 
Good to hear your voice, Likewise. man. You, you're like a regular pillar in uh, this five smooth stone <laughs> engine. And it's good to hear you all the way from Inglewood. Inglewood. <laughs> well, what's on your mind, Brother yeah, John? I well, I, I wanted to stop in, obviously, and say hey to both you and Arlene, number one. And obviously, I can just call y'all and do that. But at the same time, I haven't been able to be on the show because of my work hours. Uh, but I, I don't, I'm going to be off for a bit. And I was like, well, let me stop in and say what's up. I find it absolutely amusing. <laughs> I'm, not even trying, I'm not even trying to be... Um, uh, crass, but I found it absolutely amusing that you played Carl Pearson for Deliver, Deliver, Deliver. Why are you find that amusing, brother? <laughs> because it's like part of what he was saying is talking about the devil, and I'm like, Carl don't even believe there's a devil anymore. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, what this brother was talking about, this minister that, he, that was just on, um, is 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 on some different doctrines now, um, but uh, he's right, y'all. And that's a whole nother comment. Maybe we'll talk about coffee too tonight. But he's got some, <laughs> he's got some very interesting things he he believes now. But the the main thing, John, I was playing is just to let people know that there is a such thing as being delivered. And this gentleman, that song was talking about delivered from sin. The blood, I've been set free. I mainly was doing the message more so than the, than the messenger. You know, us as messengers. No, I, I get it. You That's know, ain't nothing based on us because our I, lives is up and down and, and hypocrites here and there. You know course. how we are. That's the reason why I say I didn't mean to be crass, but I just found it amusing. Um, yeah, and um, yeah. that's about it. To be honest, he might be. We don't know. We talked to Carlton in a while. He might be by now. Deliver. But <laughs> 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 so other than that, what did you hear that you that, that you <laughs> you you got jokes tonight? Well, but uh, you know, but I, I mean, we're talking I just about to you say know. Hi. Go ahead. I was just saying. I just wanted to drop in and say, hey, you know, for the people that are. Um, regulars to the five smooth stones, you know, just to say hey to them as well as say hey to you. Um, you just happened to play Carlton Pearson prior to that, so I thought I'd go ahead and uh, crack a joke and say hi <laughs> and leave it at Well, that. let me ask you, since, you, since I got you on the line, and uh, you're a theologian. Well, you may not think you're a theologian, but <laughs> I know you'd be a person that's very, you know, yeah, in certain areas you are, but I ain't going to lie. You know your scriptures ain't now. That's the truth. But listen, let me ask you something with regards to this whole deliverance message. Um, again, I'm talking about the word deliverance. I talk to people, goes to fellowships. I mean, for real, we say go to church, but we are the church. And they don't know about this word. They don't know. They think because you're in church. You're mm -hmm. part of the church, and you go there every Sunday, and you shout that there's another step of, number one, there's people that are in bondage physically. It's not, oh, that's just the way it is, God's, God's trying to teach them something. No, 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 no. They're in bondage by the enemy. Their sickness is of the enemy. God, the Father ain't trying to teach them nothing. That's the sickness of the enemy. And they can be delivered. They don't know that. Amen. And yep. 
you know what? I'm hold on, hold on, couple more, couple more, couple more. Okay. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you, because I ain't talking to you. I'm gonna give you this is a loaded question. <laughs> then there are people the calling card. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> then there are those mentally, mentally, they are tormented. They look normal, they talk normal, but their minds is a bully. It torments them because their minds is being spoken to by evil spirits speaking into their minds and they don't know that they are people that are sitting beside them that had that before but they got delivered mm-hmm. they don't know that there is another life and not to mention spiritually which is the biggest stronghold like the Deion Sanders of the world he talked about him mm-hmm. his, his bondage of being everything was fine as far as Deion concerned he said man I just he tried to kill himself on Super Bowl night after they won the Super Bowl he thought that if he could win the Super Bowl, he would be so happy. Deion Sanders tried to commit suicide on the greatest day of his life because of a spiritual bondage. And then not to mention people like James Robinson, who everybody know him as he was in health physically, mentally. He was a preacher, a well-known preacher. But yet he was troubled by some, some things at night, and, and he got delivered when he ran to this one minister that prayed for him and bound the enemy over him, and these spirits left, and he was delivered. So what is your take on the reality of being delivered? What do you, what do you have to say about that? I'm actually glad you asked, bro, Seth, because as I stated, I was just calling just to say hey, and then subsequently cracked my joke about Carlton Pearson's um, delivered. Um, but I'm going to tell you about two persons who did not get delivered. Um, The first one is me. And what I'm about to say, even though I stayed. Now, now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. I want to make sure we get that time wisely. I don't mind you telling about the time you didn't get delivered, but I want to hear about the time because most people are not delivered. We want to hear about the times of deliverances of you or someone you know. Please add that as well. Well, no, Please. I think that it's important. I think that it's important that uh, there is an understanding, the inner workings of things that happen spiritually. And so um, I know that there's a scenario that I have ever, ever since I was 19 years old, came to Christ. I had a situation that I would, everything changed. Like I used to steal when I was a kid, stop stealing, stop cursing. Um, a lot of different, you know, I got rid of them. But one thing I couldn't get rid of, and it, it, it tormented me. And it was an issue. And it's like I still deal with that issue today. But I, I recognize that in reading, that there was, reading the Bible, there was another person who did not get delivered, and that was Paul. Paul said that he besought the Lord three times about this spirit that was sent to buffet him. And the Lord says that his grace was sufficient. And if you read prior to that, it was talking about how Paul had received these revelations that no one else had received. And as a result of that, that spirit buffeting him, him level-headed and not becoming walking in pride. Now, I'm not saying that I've received any particular revelation or anything like that, but I do know that you can pray for someone for deliverance, but if that's not the will of God, be assured they will not get delivered. And 
Let me interject. Mm-hmm. Let me interject because you know you're building something here, so I want to interject real quickly. Now, uh, I, I, lo- I love how you're bringing this up, and I know somebody's going, "Yes, that's a good question." Remember what you just said out of your mouth. The father told Paul when he said, "I really don't want this on me," and the father said, "You said it right, according to the scriptures." My grace for you is enough to do what? Get that off of you. He didn't say, no, keep it. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. To do what? Get it off of him. That right there uh, is a deliverance. Hold on, let me get let me let me let me say this again. Then I'm gonna let you pass my ticket, bro. You got the mic tonight. I ain't here for you in a long time. And again, anybody else with questions, comment. Go ahead and press one on the phone line, please. All right. Paul, the Bible says the, the Paul sought him for deliverance. Paul sought the Most High that he would take this thing away, whatever it was. And the Father said, "My grace is sufficient." It didn't mean I want you to keep that. It just means my grace is sufficient for you to do the things you need to do to get that removed from you. I don't see that. I no oppose way. that diametrically. Go ahead, please. <laughs> I, op- I oppose. It's funny you should say that, Seth, because here in California, my boy, 30 years strong, met him at Oral Roberts University. Um, His mom religiously watches, back then it used to be TVN, now it's like, the believer's voice of victory or whomever the case may be. And I heard a preacher, I want to say Kenneth Copeland, whom I personally don't listen to. I don't listen to any of those guys. Um, For the people that do, not a problem, do you, but I don't. And they said the exact same thing. And I got angry because I said, that's not, that's not what's being said. They're not going to prove what I'm saying. When, when God would heal someone. Matter of fact, I was just reading in Luke today. It, it, there was a person that it, it said that the, that was uh, that was sick, and this is the one that I believe they lowered down through the roof. It said the power of God was there to heal. If what God, if Paul besought him. He would not have said, my grace is sufficient. He would have said, my power is sufficient. Grace covers sin. That's, I mean, the, I shouldn't say covers sin. The blood does. But the, the actual action that takes place is that that grace is provided so that we now can utilize back then the blood of bulls and goats, now the blood of Christ, that whole thing uh, of utilizing that blood that's the grace that god provided and what paul was dealing with was sin and the reason why we know that is because that's what the grace was for now keep in mind this is the opinion of a low of a lowly uh uh but let's just say uh church person who sits in the pews i'm nobody's theologian i'm nobody's preacher or teacher but I know personally that that spirit is said that it was there to keep Paul from operating in the uh, in the place of pride because of the revelations he had received. Well, 
If that's what it was there for, why would God remove that? As Paul would become puffed up. So I don't think I don't think that it was meant to say that um, his grace was there and and that Paul could utilize that grace and get rid of that spirit. I believe that he's saying, look. You continue to deal with what you're dealing with, and my grace is there for you when you fail. When you fail, because that's what grace okay. is for. Let me let me chime in real quick. Let's just say you're sure. right. I've learned something. When something is true, you can prove it more than one way. Let's just say you're right. Let's say you're right. The Father did give him that. Let's just say that. You said it says in the scripture that it was given to him that he won't be puffed up in pride. And I would like to read it, actually. But before we turn to it and get our attention to turning pages and so forth, let me just say this to you. Most people are not where Paul is at. They don't have enough knowledge to be puffed up, period. Ninety percent of people I know for sure. They don't have, they don't even understand what the gospel is about. They're nowhere near Paul's level to get puffed up and to need something, some, uh, something to buffet him. Thorn in the flesh, as you will. Most ministers I know don't understand, they don't agree on too many things in a room. So when you talk about Pastor Paul being given a thorn, or the Father giving him something to keep him humble, you got to be very careful because dumb people will think they need to be humble too. And the Father's doing this. The scripture talks about Christ going around. And I remember seeing this. And Christ heal them all. Now think about it. You go into a town, you know somebody's puffed up in pride. You know somebody's doing this. You know everybody's sitting. The Bible says... And Christ heal them all. The only time you see there was an issue with Christ healing people is in his hometown when they actually opposed him, wasn't open to his healings. You marry his baby. They literally had an evil heart towards him. But everybody else, he would go into towns and there'd be thousands of people. And he healed them all. Fast forward to 2019, 2018, I think it's his will to heal them all. If there's a few people walking around like Paul, then John Clark is probably right. There may be some things that the Father would allow him to go through to keep them humble, but these ministers going around telling their laymen, God putting this on you to teach you something, is in error. I know your response to that. Well, keep in mind, I don't think that um, a person could say that unless the Spirit led them to say that. When we read in Romans about the, the, the thorn in the flesh that Paul had, this is the Messiah himself telling him that his grace is sufficient. Now, what it gives, what it gives us is insight into the inner workings of the Spirit. So, obviously, I'm not saying with a blanket, making a blanket statement that this is what going to be the situation for all people. But um, that was the situation with Paul, and we were able to get some specific information because Paul spoke to the Messiah, and the Messiah told him that. And so I just wanted to bring that up 
um, I think that each person is responsible to always pursue God and try to overcome whatever the oppression is that they're dealing with. Um, as you stated, sometimes it's not even a spirit. Sometimes it's just flesh they've not brought under control. Um, Absolutely. And everybody's, yeah, everybody is responsible for continuing to work out their salvation with fear and trembling, if you will. And part of that is um, to fight the war, the same war that Israel fought, same war that we fight. They fought against the the, the various other peoples in the um, land of Canaan, well, the allegory is we are fighting against the various um, fleshly desires and spiritual attacks in our own body. That's, that's our battlefield. So that's all I'm basically stating. Well, let me say this. Let me say this, John, and uh, I appreciate anybody uh, again, uh, well, folks, we just this is open forum. We don't have to stick on this topic. We're just jumping around. Right now, we're talking about the word deliverance. Deliverance. A lot of people go to church every day or go to assemble themselves with other believers, and they don't know about this word. They don't know that you can be delivered from something, sickness, disease, mental oppression. Folks spiritually is so oppressed and in front of the spiritualists is, is the most, it, it can be the worst one. Again, I want to talk about Deion Sanders a little bit and James Robinson and some other people, including Brother Seth. I've been in bondage physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I've experienced a song that Carlton was saying, Delivered. And uh, I may play that again as we go to another break in a little bit, because I really want people to understand there is a difference. I guess what I'm saying, John, you're talking about people that, you know, you know, people not get delivered. But I wanted you to, and I pray what you're saying, everyone heard you about Paul. That's a very good observation. Perhaps you're right. The father did say to Paul, this you need to keep, to keep you humble. But I guarantee you, if you sit on this phone line too many times, everybody that's oppressed by the devil and their flesh going to buy into that and think, this is God trying to show me something. And this is where our people are suffering at. Most of this stuff on us, if Christ came to our city, just like in ancient times, I believe he would heal them all. You can't tell me the people weren't jacked up. You can't tell me people weren't full on forgiveness. You can't tell me people weren't sin. You can't tell me people weren't religious. And he healed them all. I can't get my mind off of that. And he healed them all. I uh, wanted you, and, and, and again, if, you know, I, we heard you. And I think it's good to note that those of you that have been in this faith for a while, and perhaps you can write a book of the Bible, or you don't have to be that deep. You just, you know, you're a minister. you got to be somewhat of a minister, I would think. Seems like to me, I can't see the Father putting some on you to keep you humble, and you, ain't even, you don't even know your rights yet in the kingdom. But John has a point. What if that was indeed true, that the Father put allowed the enemy to, to buffet uh, uh Paul, Apostle Paul, to keep him humble. They won't get puffed up in pride. But again, I if submit I most... Go ahead. I'll give you 
another example of, in my opinion, where um, things aren't always as they seem, if you will, and you can't look at it at face value. And what that is, is if you recall um, when David numbered Israel, um, you know, this may be Now, you know you're the Old Testament of that different covenant. So, you know but, that, right? But, but allegories, allegories begin with the Old Testament. True, allegories begin with the Old Testament. So, true. So, but, 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 but when I say what I'm saying, you'll understand it. Okay, David, go for it. It was, it, was, it was in David's heart to number Israel. David told Joab, go number all the men who can take up sword and fight. And Joab told him, look, the God we serve, he can win a battle with many men or with few men. Why, why does the king want me to do this? But it said David, David won out. So Joab went to go and number Israel. When Joab came back after seven months or so, it said David's heart smote him. And the prophet, maybe it was Nathan, I'm not sure which prophet it was, it came to him. And God was upset that David numbered Israel. And it said, you have three choices. And the choices were something along the lines of, you can run from your enemies for three months. Um, you can, I forget, something else for three weeks, let's say. Or there can be a pestilence that comes across Israel for three days. David was like, you know what? I'm not running from my enemies. I've already done that. If I'm going to fall into someone's hands, it won't be man's hands. Let me fall into the hands of God. So he chose the third. I'm not going to go further into that story, but the angel, the angel, the angel of the Lord came, and it was killing thousands, tens of thousands of people before God stopped. If you go to Chronicles and you read the same story, you will find out that it will say something to the effect of that Satan prompted David to, to number those people. In one instance, it's saying God. The other instance is saying Satan. It left you, you know for certainty, certainty that Satan does what God has him do. But in two of those instances, it doesn't. It looks like it's two different persons that prompted David to, to, to number those people. The reason why that happened and all those people were being killed is because God was angry with Israel because Saul had went and killed the Gibeonites who they had created. Right, right. Uh, but but let me just let me let me just, let me just say this because I don't I, I think you're on to some very. Again, you say you're not a theologian. That was pretty. That's pretty good. I do think the father, when he's angry and when you're in rebellion, will turn you over to the enemy. That's that's considered a lot of times, and it'll say the father did this, and of course he turned you over. It's still him doing it. So I don't. I don't I'm not confused about the both saying the father did it, Satan did it. But the thing I want to just say, and again, this is very good because this is some of the very arguments you're going to hear when you start talking about Christ wants to, or the father wants to by Christ, because the father is definitely. Uh, counseling the the Messiah as to how to run the earth, the scripture says, he said to him, sit here on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So listen, mm -hmm. I just want to say this. Folks, listen. John is right. I believe he's on to something as far as the Old Testament, but my point is, something major, 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 major happened between that story and uh, the New Testament. Christ came. 
shed his blood. Man's sins were washed away past, present, future. This is something completely different that happened with our stance and how the Father sees us. Perhaps in the Old Testament, the Messiah, if he would have came in the Old Testament, wouldn't have healed everybody because of that old covenant. We are under a new covenant. Things are different. We do not like Job, where the enemy can just come in and just have, wreak havoc on us. People are always talk about Job. I don't think they understand the difference between Job and anybody that's a part of this new kingdom. That's why Christ said these words, folks. Listen, listen, everybody listen. John, I would love your opinion on this one. Christ said, then i got to take a little break here. Christ said, I want you to comment, then we can take a little break. But Christ said, John the Baptist is the greatest among men. But anyone that is born again in this kingdom, in this new kingdom, anyone, the least in the kingdom that's born again is greater than John the Baptist. Go figure that one out. Here you got John the Baptist who, the Bible says, Christ said, he was the greatest of all men. But anybody born again who's going to be hid in Christ, that's us. The least of us, the least is somebody that's going to be inconsistent, but they're born again. The least of us is somebody that may not know the scriptures as well, but they're truly born again. They are better than John the Baptist. It's a new covenant with new rights. And one of the rights is healing is for the children's bread. So I hear what you're saying about the Old Testament. I hear what you're even saying about Paul. If Paul was given major revelations, he went to the third heaven, and he was going to become a goddess and get the big head, and the Father allowed something to happen to him, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe if he wouldn't have gave him a thorn in the flesh, we wouldn't have all the books of the Bible because he would have the big head and because this man went into heaven and saw all kind of stuff ain't nobody else seen. I don't know. But most people know we're near Paul to be even given a thorn in the flesh. Everybody got a little ego. Everybody think hardy of themselves. That's not the same as what Paul had, though, because he really had something to be hardy about. I know what's going to happen in the third heaven. I know what I've seen heaven. I, he really do have something. This little hardiness we all have, I don't think the Father's going to give us some sickness to keep us humble. Everybody have trouble with that. And then again, when Christ went to cities and healed everybody, did any of them have a holy spirit? Of course, but he healed them all. Comment, please. And then we'll take a little break. Yes. Yeah. The reason why I use that particular story is that obviously I know that there's two different covenants. Hebrews tells us expressly that those people in that Old Testament, in that Old Covenant, are there for our example. We know that Joshua uh, defeated the people of Jericho. However, when Joshua defeated the people of Jericho, God was utilizing people in the Old Testament to give us a, a shadow of what's going to happen in Revelation. The same thing that happened, the seven trumps of Revelation in, in the sixth field, those seven trumps are the exact seven trumps that took place around Jericho, the shout that took place when he said, 
once you make it around the seventh time and you hear the horns, you're to shout. That's the same shout that takes place in Thessalonians, Old Testament, New Testament. The same con conquest that takes place of, of Canaan land, starting out with Jericho, is a type and a shadow of the same conquest that's going to take that's going to hit this world when the Messiah returns. So I recognize that these are two different covenants by all means, but he is showing us things with them so that we can have greater insight in the new covenant. And I'll close with that. Well, brother, you I, I hope you're not hanging up because you have yet to show people that was delivered. 100% bona fide delivered. Like, they're believers, and they're in bondage, and now they're delivered. Because that's what we want to share, John. We don't want to leave it like, oh, you know, you may have a thorn in the flesh. And, you know, I, I'm very serious because people, they, these ministers, not you, not you, because we know better, but a lot of these ministers, John, they are experts at showing how they don't need to, you can't be healed. You can't be delivered. They're experts with that. How the, the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. They're experts with that. But when you start talking about people that one minute, the before and after, people actually delivered, those people that's running around the church talking about they got a testimony, all these billions of songs of folks that have been delivered, folks are singing these songs, tapping their feet, and they don't even know anything about that. They don't know that you can be delivered. They don't even, they have never been delivered. Some people really have. They're not getting the word. How can they get delivered in these churches? They're not a lot of, not all churches, not all churches, not all churches. I, I can only but, give personal example, Seth, and, and I can't even do that now because Rich and his wife just walked in, and I need to go speak with them. Um, okay. If, yeah, but but you know, I'll 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 be back next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we all that. right. Well, I know you got to run right, now, but uh, I, uh, I, but it's good talking to you, folks. Good talking to you, Mr. Keller. All right. Again, that was John Clark, and he spent all this time talking about a very profound thing, and then uh, some kind of way he we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, the other. But believe me, the brother and I, we, we're really close, and I know he knows, but he just wants to share a different light on that. So listen, folks, I've got something to share with you all when I get back off this break that is uh, will be profound. Um uh, but before I do that, I want to go ahead and just take a little short little break, and we'll be right back. Again, you're listening to Five Foot Song Network. I'm Brother Seth with some glorious news tonight. So far, talking about how we have been placed in Christ. All our old, old things have passed away, old failures, old everything. The Father sees us through Christ, and that the Scripture talks about it. And I'm going to be sharing more about this, how the Father definitely sees us as he sees Christ. People say, ain't nobody perfect but Christ. Well, that's true as far as the flesh is concerned. But according to the Spirit, we have been born again. And, folks, I'm telling you, this is where most people at. They're looking at what we do in the flesh, and they are thinking that's who they are. You, see, you know, some brothers see each other pulling up at a gas station. They'll say to each other that, to the person that's driving a new car, is that you? Is that you? Yeah, man, I just got this two weeks ago. You like it? Yeah, man. Is that you? Is that? No, that ain't you. I don't do with you if you're born again. That's just what you drive. Your job is just where you work. 
you know and I know deep inside our heart of hearts that what we drive is not us. What we work is not us. What we dream about is not us. It was just one little dream. Suppose you get everything you dream. Suppose you're a multi-billionaire. You get everything you dream. Is that really you? That was only one thought that, that materialized in your head. That's not you. You're not what you do. You're not what you wear. You're not who you marry. Who are you? So again, those that think these shows we do, we're just strictly in the flesh, and we don't believe nothing about the Spirit. It's all about us being Jews and Hebrews. I'm sure by now you know that we go a lot deeper. But folks, we have only scratched the surface skirt the surface on this open forum. I have great news, great news coming. But if but first let me just play this little song I open up with just to take a little short break and folks will be right back. Hopefully y'all are enjoying this episode as much as I am on uh Fosmo Song Network. Up in the morning, I give thanks and praise to the most. I give thanks for life. I say, Jaja, won't you bless Africa, Jaja? Won't you rise up the youth, Papa? Oh, 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 You mend the broken heart, 
You're the answer to it all, Jesus. You wipe away all tears, mend all broken hearts. You're the answer to it all, to it all, Rastafari. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, like the doctor. Given unto us 
exceedingly, excuse me, exceeding great and precious promises. What precious promises? That by these, here we go, that ye may partake of the divine nature. One more time. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. What promises, Seth? That by these precious promises ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Takers of his divine nature. By these promises, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's not a, just a sexual word. That's lust for anything in the world. One more time, verse 4, 2 Peter 1 and 4. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly and great precious promises, that by these precious promises ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. You're going to escape corruption that is in the world by these precious promises. The Father has promised us peace and joy. But it's certain things we have to do, certain things we have to think, certain things we have to keep our mind on to have these blessings, these precious promises, these promises that he has made to us that we have this divine nature versus this earthly nature where we can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust or wanting things that's not yours or wanting just worldliness. So I'm not just sitting up here just talking numbo mumbo jumbo. This is serious, 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 serious show tonight where we're talking about deliverance. People are in bondage. And if the church can't address spiritual bondage, what are we doing? What are we doing? If we don't have the power... And I'm not saying we got to be perfect in all this. We are perfect in the spirit, though, as you see. <laughs> we are perfect in the spirit. The scripture says he has perfected them that for them. The scripture says he has perfected them forever that are sanctified. Sanctified meaning those of us in Christ. Now, I don't know how I sound to some people tonight, but this is Brother Seth and has been Brother Seth for many, many, many years. I didn't just come up on this tonight. This is open form. I don't have no Bible out. I'm not, I mean, I do have the Internet out where I'm looking up certain scriptures, but I, I, I don't have no, this ain't no fear. This is just me. This is how I've been thinking all along when I'm talking about Hebrew, 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 leprosy, one world government. This is Brother Seth. Again, those of you that tune in to the show uh, with listening by clicking on the link, you clicked on the link, you're not listening um, via the phone line. You call, you clicked on the link. You have to call the phone line now. You'll be disconnected. Quickly, 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 call the phone line, area code 914205 Nine oh. As a matter of fact, hold on, everybody. I gotta make a quick little call. Just one little second, everybody, please.
Delivered means to either be rescued from or preserved through. Everybody say, I'm either rescued from or I'm preserved through whatever the trial. Sometimes God instantly rescues your situation. Sometimes he doesn't change the situation. He just locks his arm in yours and preserves you and walks through it with you. How many of you know the difference? Look at somebody and say, I know I'm delivered by the blood of the Lamb. The power of the blood breaks the yokes of bondage and looses us from all satanic influence. Aren't you glad there's a bloodline? Those of us that believe the report, that believe the gospel, and accept the, the 
father, what he was doing through the Messiah, the gospel, those of us that had the faith to believe, he placed us in Christ. We've been placed in Christ. I said we've been placed in Christ. He don't see us. Y'all don't believe me, do you? Watch this. What you going to do with this? Listen to what I'm about to read here. See, this right here is what angered me. This is what caused Seth to be so loud-mouthed and just challenging everything because I found out in these churches, a lot of them, not all of them, not all of them, but people are not taught. And they're still under the law, although we're supposed to be under grace. And they're still acting like what they do is going to determine their righteousness. No, we're righteous by a gift. Our righteousness is a gift. We're supposed to live a certain way because we are already made holy. Scripture says Christ is coming for the church without spot or wrinkle. What have they told y'all about that? They say, oh, you got to get it together because he's coming back. And the church got to be without spot or wrinkle. The church, if it was based on the church to get themselves together without spot or wrinkle, the Messiah, the Father would never send the Messiah back. I know y'all thought of that before. It's impossible for the church to go do something to be without spot or wrinkle. The church is already without spot or wrinkle. <laughs> he's just saying he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, so we're supposed to live a certain way. We're already without spot or wrinkle. The church, the real true church, the way the Father sees us. I know some people, hear me out. I, I, I beg you, please hear me out. I know how it sounds. Just hear me out. If we're waiting on a time for these churches all to get on one accord, you and I both know that will never happen. There's different people, different levels. Some people have been saved 40 years, 20 years, just all types of experiences. No two believers are the same. We all. How can we be out without spot or wrinkle? The true church that the Father's created is already without spot or wrinkle. We're in the spirit, and in the spirit, our spirit man is already without spot or wrinkle. With the flesh, Paul talks about over and over and over and over, is where we serve sin, in our bodies, which are not saved. It's our spirit. We do talk about this in an episode, Arlene and I did, the very first show, the very show, First show, 2011, Blog Talk Radio. I mention it from time to time, but I, I think there's a, maybe one other show where we actually talk about this the whole show. But no, y'all don't beat up beat up on me now because, again, the Bible does encourage the believers to move on past the doctrines of Christ. And this we will revisit. The scripture says, move on past the doctrines of Christ. Laying again the foundation of repentance, and this we will, re re will revisit. So we don't always talk about this kind of topic on our show because there's so many other topics to talk about uh, that you don't even hear. Even you, I mean, you really don't hear for sure ever. This you will hear from time to time in churches, and, and, and even some of the television evangelists. Are one, I'll tell you one gentleman that really, really blessed me with this message, and that is Andrew Womack. 
Andrew Womack, W-M-M-A-C-K. Yeah, if you want to Google somebody, some of y'all say, I want more teaching on this. Well, Seth, I never heard these things. Google. Or go to YouTube. Type in Andrew Womack and the word righteousness. He does all kinds of teaching. As he feels like that's his bent or that's his calling, whereas I feel called to the five smooth stones. Brother Andrew Womack feel calling to educating believers around this topic primarily. So he's really on this more than anybody I can think of. So Brother Andrew Womack, check him out. So listen, brothers and sisters, I want to read something to y'all, and I want y'all to really think about what you're about to hear. I, I said I'm going to read something to you, and I want you to really think about what you're about to hear. I want to know what are you going to do with these scriptures. This is your Bible. I'm reading from your Bible on your coffee table. These scriptures, it's not make-believe. This is, <laughs> this is, I'm only laughing because sometimes I'm reading the Bible and folks acting like I'm reading, uh, they're acting like I'm reading some other book. And y'all brothers, I'm trying to pull it up here. It's what I'm doing. But they act like I'm reading some other book, and it, and it, and it just baffles my mind. I'm, I'm like, what? Folks, I'm reading from the Bible. We are born again. If you don't believe what I'm saying, quit calling each other brother and sister. Because you're not related to them. It's not some little thing we do like a little club. You're my brother and sister. No, we really, truly are brothers and sisters. <laughs> because we're born again. We're born again into a new family. All things really, really, really have passed away. All things are become new. This is where we stand in the spirit. This is how the Father sees us. The Bible says he no longer. Now, when we do things in our flesh, the reason why we run into judgment here and there. It's because of universal laws already set in the earth. If you go out and lie to somebody, somebody's going to shoot you. But in terms of us being able to go before the Father, as long as we go before him in, as, as Christ would, that's what it means in Jesus' name or in Yeshua's name. It means you come before the Father as he does. You come before the Father as he is. When we say a prayer and we end it with, in Jesus' name I pray, or in Yeshua's name I pray, or in Yahweh's name I pray, the various Hebrew names of Christ, you're saying to the Father, I'm coming to you in the identity of Christ. You can't go to the Father in your name. Well, I done did this and I done gave her and I done gave it, Father, I done did this and I done did that. You can't go to him in, in, in that now I do think the Father blesses us like he doesn't hinder us from coming to him because we're coming to him in Christ's name but I do think he He handles us as a father with children some people are more responsible with certain things and so some things he can bless us with while other people can't have that blessing because it's going to be child abuse the father determines when we can have this that and the other i do believe that okay as we as we that are in christ 
take that same spirit and go out into the world and we do things, I think some of us have more, uh, we're more led of the spirit. I'm talking about our human spirit that is born again now. I believe some of us are more in tune to the Spirit, and so those of us that are in tune to the Spirit, the Father blesses us more, maybe give us more to, to, to be over. Some of us are responsible enough to maybe run corporations, and some of us are not responsible, so the Father won't, you know, He won't lead us into certain blessings, and some things will cause us to to to, to turn to worship those things, so we can't handle certain things. He says, you only put on you that that you can bear. I do think the Father deals with these children in different levels. But what I'm talking about is righteousness, how righteous we are in order for us coming to him, coming to him as a son, inquiring, praying. These things we can do. The veil has been rent from top to bottom. The veil meaning in the Old Testament, the priest is the only one that can go into the Holy of Holies and talk to the, to the, the God of the Old Testament. They had to go through this veil. Well, when Christ died on the cross, many of you know this story, I ain't teaching you nothing. That veil was rent in the temple. In the actual physical temple, the veil was rent, torn. When Christ died, the Bible talks about how the veil was rent, it was torn, meaning from now on, mankind can go to the Father themselves. The veil has been rent. So we can go to the Father in and out of his presence through the blood, through the blood. That right there is a major deliverance. That's a major, major deliverance, folks. And that is what I am talking about tonight on this open forum, you know, because, uh, again, a lot of brothers and sisters listen to these shows and they think that we all off into the flesh and they don't understand that we are aware uh, 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 of who we are in the spirit. We only talk about who we are in the flesh to get some understanding uh, about uh, why the Father looks so, to some people, he looks so biased. And we're going through so much stuff, it looks like he don't love us, he don't care about us. And so we have to talk about why we're going through these things because we're fulfilling something that's on our foreparents uh, that's supposed to happen to Israel forever. Not all people, but I'm talking about Israel, his special people, certain things are supposed to happen to them. And so that's why we talk about the true Israelites. And, 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 and we have to, if we want to understand America and why it seemed like, why he allowed us to happen in the first place. If you don't understand we Israelites and all that, you might think the Father is picking on us. You may think he don't like us. And it may set in, here we go, it may set in even a type of self-hate. Uh, because you don't understand why we are malfunctioning. So we talk about us being Israelite so the Father can look like a father and that we are just simply fulfilling prophecy as a rebellious people, our foreparents, that is. Uh, we are fulfilling prophecy because it says these blessings or curses are going to be upon you forever as a sign, a sign, the S-I-G-N, not just to you but to the nations. And so that's why we, we have to wear this because of us being Israel, because the Father is teaching the world about him through us as a people. People are looking at us and seeing how spiritual we are. They're learning. Lots of nations have learned and gotten close to the Father by watching African Americans. We are like evangelists that he's called. That is the reason Israel was called, one of the reasons. So... Um, 
uh, that's why we talk about the whole Israelite question. But I just thought I would revisit uh, our spiritual identity tonight and just talk about some of the things that you just don't hear in these churches, how truly blessed we are and what a backbreaker it was when Christ shed his blood. What a backbreaker it was when we were placed inside of Christ and, and free from sin. I mean, F-R-E-E from sin. The Bible says it like this with uh, uh, Romans 7 and Romans 8. It says, with our flesh, Romans 7, we serve the law of sin and death. But with our spirit, we serve the law of the Father. Another scripture says it like this. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures. Though our outward man perish, our bodies are not saved. This is where the sin is at. And the Father has decided he's not going to judge us by sin in the flesh. But let me just make it a little clear. Here we go. I'm going to read from your Bible really briefly. Y'all are not going to believe what I'm about to read. Listen to what your Bible reads. And I'm reading word for word out of the King James Version Bible. I'm coming out of Colossians 3. If you think brothers said they're smoking on something tonight or exaggerating, don't have it together, listen to what's in your Bible about your identity, those of you that have been born again. If ye be, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. If ye then be risen with Christ, that's us. When it say risen, it's talking about born again. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of the earth. For ye are dead. Oh, stop right there. Verse 3 says, for ye are dead. What? I got to take a sip of coffee on that one. For ye are dead. Uh, uh, uh. Hold on one second. Verse 3. For ye are dead. What are you going to do with that right there? For ye are dead. What's dead? Your old man is dead. The way the Father used to see you. The way the Father used to see humans. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. It's hid. The problem with our world is we are all about this natural realm. It's what I try to tell everybody. Of course I'm not stuck on we just Israel. That's not enough to be an Israelite. Israel knew who they were. They needed more than just to know they were Israel. They, they would have never got in trouble in the first place. Verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. One more time. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. What does it mean? What part of you is dead? What does it mean your life is hid? <laughs> but listen to verse 4. You're not going to believe this. Verse 4. When Christ, comma, who is our life? What? I told you I'll think of a big aquarium. You know, like a big aquarium with fish in it? We're in Christ. We're all one. The scriptures say, He that is joined to Christ is one spirit. That's why we call each other brother and sister, because we're one. The body of Christ, and ain't no Christ over there, we over here. 
I'm going to say that again. It's not like Christ is over there and we over here. I am. That's why our notes can say we are the righteous. Ye are the righteousness of Christ. Ye are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of Yah. You are the righteousness right now of God. You are the righteousness. No, no, no. You are. Well, I do this and I do that. That's what your flesh you serve, sin. You ever notice when you're sinning, there's a part of you that's grieved? Why come nobody never talk about that part of you, but they talk about the physical thing you're doing? When you tell that lie, why is it a part of you grieve? That's the thing in you that's born again. The Bible says it cries, Abba, Father, or Oh, Father, or Help me, Father, or Help me, Yah, or Help me, God, or Oh, God. Why, why you have that in you? Nobody talks about that. They're going to treat you by what the flesh craves when the Bible says your flesh ain't even saved. Again, this is Brother Seth. This is Brother Seth, and I've been preaching this right here along with all these others. This is the part of the kingdom. This is this is one of those five smooth songs. This is the kingdom part of it. <laughs> uh 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 my goodness. When Christ, verse four, who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. We shall appear with him. Christ is going to appear, we're going to be with him. Oftentimes, from now on, for the rest of the time you read the scripture, every time you see Christ, we're going to be with him. Verse 5 is the most, one of the most, all this is powerful. But listen to verse 5. It says, Mortify therefore your members, which is in your body, which are upon the earth. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth. What does it mean, like, mortify your body, which is upon the earth? Like we're somewhere else and our body is somewhere else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Christ is our life. In another scripture says like this, ye sit in heavenly places. For I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on with scriptures. This is what Apostle Paul talked about the most. Our new nature in Christ, our spirit being born again, our flesh craves sin. Never stop craving sin. It ain't born again. And it talks about when we see Christ, our bodies will get new bodies then. I know we'll be dead a lot of our bodies, but we'll be reconnected with those bodies, and those bodies will be salvaged then. If you've been cut up a thousand pieces and your body scattered throughout the ocean, just like he created you out of the dust of the earth, he can reassemble you. I believe that. And I don't think, I think it's going to be a glorified body. So it ain't like the pieces got to all come together from, folks, listen, we're talking about the Most High. We're talking about the same person that created human beings out of dirt. All things are possible to him. But it says in verse 5, mortify or kill, mortify means to kill, destroy. Therefore, your members which are up on the earth are, get control of it. Get control of your members. Keep it under. Suppress it. Paul in one scripture say, I keep under my body. But again, Colossians 3 and 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things, for which things, Sake, the wrath of God coming upon the children of disobedience. Talking about those that are outside 
they, those that are outside of Christ, that are not born again, they are going to suffer disobedience for doing these things. So it's saying, don't you be caught doing them either. It's saying, don't do these things because the wrath of God is upon those people that's not born again. So these things you need to stay away from. But folks are talking like, if you do these things, you ain't righteous. Your flesh craves sin, but your spirit, man, is born again while you're sinning. Please read Romans 7, 6 and 7, but definitely Romans 7, where Paul talks about what the outward man, his body craves sin. He do the things that he hates with his flesh, but his spirit, man, craves the thing of the Father at the same time. We've been delivered from the Father, blocking us from his presence. Now, we will suffer for any sins we do in the flesh. Don't think I'm preaching something other than that. If you sin in the flesh, all of us will pay for our sins in the flesh because it's a universal law. But in terms of us being able to go into the Father's presence, we can now do it because of the blood of Christ. We are now been placed in Christ. The Father sees us through Christ because of this blood. So this is where we've been delivered. I came on talking about deliverances physically, financially, excuse me. I open up the open forum tonight talking about bondage, physical bondage, mental bondage, and spiritual bondage. I mentioned uh, uh, Deion Sanders and James Robinson, which I love. I did talk about them a little bit, but um, this is a, the biggest bondage ever that, that mankind have ever experienced, and that is this bondage where we did not even have access to our Heavenly Father. And so when Christ came on the scene, this is the glorious news the earth received. And as Christmas rolls around, a lot of y'all don't celebrate, which I don't blame you because it has become a pagan holiday. But for those that do celebrate it, for some kind of way, you're able to keep Christ the center. Of course, we know that's not when he was born. I don't think nothing is wrong with setting a day aside and saying, I'm going to celebrate Christ. I mean, if you do it on the 23rd, is it better? <laughs> I mean, what if you do it on the 1st of December, you celebrate Christ? I mean, you can celebrate his arrival burial, resurrection, and his return. I don't know what folks are talking about, but as far as all this going out, binding gifts, and making it very, very um, um, materialistic, you do turn this so-called holy day into a paganism, and that's why a lot of people just don't do it all together. But I don't think nothing is wrong with celebrating if Christ truly is the center of your Christmas. So there's your little Christmas plug there. But folks, listen, it goes on to say, um, for which things the wrath of God come, talking about fornication, all those uncleanness, it says, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh upon the children of disobedience, that's those that are outside, in which ye also walk some time, in the which ye also walk some time, when ye lived in them. When they say lived in them, it means you can get out of it. You wasn't in Christ. So you live there, but we don't live there no more. Now we live in Christ, even though our flesh crave these things. I don't know if I'm over y'all here tonight, but you've got to read Romans 7 to understand what I'm saying. We are in, it's like two places at the same time. We sit in heavenly places with Christ. We're born again. The Father judges us based upon the Spirit. He's coming back for that church. Again, that's with our spot of wrinkle because we are been given the gift of righteousness. We've been made holy. 
But at the same time, while we are holy in our spirit, our flesh do craze. I don't care how much you put it under, it still craves this world and it's not born again. And no, that's just why no flesh will enter. Um, anyway, it says, in which ye walk sometime. That means ye lived in them. It even goes on to say, when ye lived in them. See, at one point we lived, our address was in the flesh. But when Christ came and died for us, those of us that are born again, we've been placed in another whole residence. So we're in the spirit. Now, you can be in the spirit and walk after the flesh. It's like there are those that are in the flesh that are not born again. They're in the flesh. They're not in Christ. So they're in the flesh. They're just not born again. Now, those people have to be born again, and then the Father sees them as Christ. You become one. So technically, when folks go to church and you say, brother, this is sister that, some of these folks are not your brothers and sisters because they're not really in Christ. But those who that are in Christ, they really are your brothers and sisters. Y'all really are one, and the Father does see all of y'all in Christ as one unit. I know I should have made that clear. But anyway, do the finish reading Romans, uh, Colossians 3, and I'm going to get some more scriptures to validate what I'm saying. It is not, folks, y'all just don't know. I can just, I have literally about 85 scriptures. I'm not playing 85 scriptures here. I mean, just the whole Bible, the whole Old Testament talks about this new thing that happened to humanity. <laughs> but let me just go ahead and get some more questions. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this show, okay? Uh, I'm so glad we got a chance to get into this. But in him, in him, in him, we have been placed in Christ. So I want to get some scriptures where it talks about us being in him. All right. First of all, Colossians. Second of all, Colossians three to be more specific. The whole book of Hebrews is really good. I mean, I'm sorry, just the whole book. It just talks about it. It just talks about it, folks. I don't know what to tell you. It really does talk. You got the whole book. You know, just just open up Hebrews and it's talking about it. Uh, Ephesians 17, 1 and 7 talks about in him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of, of, of offenses. Um, I mean, I don't even know. It's just, I hate to say it, but it's the whole Old Test, the whole New Testament. It's just all these books, Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians, all of them talks about the new man being born again. So hopefully y'all would just... I've given quite a bit of scriptures. Why don't we just, uh, you can just rewind, because I don't want to spend, I'm, 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 I promise you, it's just, we got First John, we got First Peter, it's just It's just the Bible, the whole Old Testament, it just talks about being a brand new creature, old things passed away, we sit in heavenly places, that's another scripture. So I, get, I, have, I have mentioned a lot of scriptures, to be very honest, I know I've mentioned over like 20 scriptures, so y'all just rewind this episode as much as you want and go and dig into the scriptures about who you really are, those of you that are born again, how that you have inherited all things that pertain to life and godliness, how you have pertained a brand new identity, and from now on, start trying to see yourself as a new creature in Christ and not associated with all these old things. That's the problem. We see ourselves the way by our name. You know, we see ourselves limited as black people, so-called, or some of us see our people self as white people. All these fictitious identity. We're not no black. We're Israelites. 
and whites are, are, are really kind of from all, all types of people. Like I say, you know, we talk about the leprosy and uh, how they, you know, were albinos that constantly mixed among themselves, which is very realistic. Like people that lack pigment, if they constantly mix among themselves, going to be able to produce a mass amount of people without pigments. No mystery or anything. And so that's not enough. Even to be even to be Hebrew, so folks, listen, brother Seth. Tonight, I'm I I don't know how this is hitting y'all, but I promise you, this might be one of the most important shows we've ever done because we're talking about our real identity, the, our more important identity. I've said it over and over and again. Who we are as Israelites will help us understand why we're in America, why we go through what we go through. Help us understand the Father that looks partial. Um, he looks like he's picking on us. Uh, this revelation helped us understand that he's not, that we're fulfilling prophecy, and all these things were done really out of love for this people called Israel, that he promised them certain things that they would go through if they obey, certain things they would go through if they disobey, and that's that's why we talk about the Israelite question. But I've said it many times, our identity in the spirit is a hundred times more important than our identity in the flesh. So that's all I try to do tonight is just kind of hit on that, go into that in, in a, uh, a deep way that I don't go to that often. I don't get an opportunity to go through that. Go, I'm not going to say I don't get an opportunity, but I just chose not to get on this because it's, there are several, uh, lots of information out there on this, but there's not information on the things we talk about on five smooth stones. So that's why Brother Seth talks so much on uh, 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 the five smooth stones. So I don't apologize, though, because we are out here doing different things. Different people are called to different messages, and I feel in my heart that we are to uh, go down the road we've went down. So that's why I am so heavy uh, on the uh, five smooth stones. But listen, uh, I want to wrap this show up a little early. I mean, normally go three whole hours, but we're going to wrap it up now. Uh, that's the beauty of doing a show by yourself. You can just fly and just go, 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 go. I know I've been playing Waymaker a lot tonight. Y'all may be tired of it <laughs> by now, but I do want to end it with one sister. And she's kind of, for lack of a better word, she's a little bit ghetto in her delivery of Waymaker. I want to end with her. But before I play this final song again with this uh, very popular... So y'all know Waymaker is right at 80, uh, 90 million strong and on YouTube. It's probably the most popular worship song on the planet. But more importantly, lifts up the most high. And it's all about lifting him up. So I don't mind playing it two, three times. So again, you may hear Waymaker, this, that, this final song, this about sister in our home just chilling. She's a little ghetto, but she does a very good job with it. But before I go, I want to say this again. I think this show tonight might have been our most important, most important show, because truly we are brand new. We are new creatures in Christ, and it'd be wonderful if we can treat each other based upon that, and not all of these physical, uh, ethnic tags we have in the natural realm. It would really be a blessing if we can do that, and that's where, you know. That's what would end this whole racism. It really would. It would end a lot of our pain. Because even our so-called white brothers and sisters, they have low self-esteem as well. I'm talking about rich folks. I'm talking about those, the best of the best of so-called white people have low self-esteem because most of them do not see themselves the way the Father see them. 
and that is lower. And that is why I say low self-esteem. So don't feel bad because some of you feel like you have low self-esteem. Those that are that are looking down on you, they are too low as well. Again, we are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. We are one family, those of us that are born again. The church is without spot or wrinkle right now. It ain't going to be without a spot or wrinkle because we're in Christ. I know you're not going to say Christ has spots and wrinkles. We're in Christ. And, 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 and everything in Christ is perfect. That's why the Bible talks about our state being perfect and, and this gift of righteousness. So it's a blessing. It really is. It's, it's a glorious blessing. And uh, hopefully y'all, y'all enjoyed this. I really... I uh, felt a need to go into this, and, and I'm glad that I was able to get out as much as I could because I promise you, very few people talk about it, very few people know about it, and more importantly, very few people walk in it, and nobody seems to treat each other based on it. Everybody is caught up in the physical characteristics of what we are versus the natural. I'm not caught up in who we are as Israel. I only bring it up because, uh, again, understanding the Father and what He's doing, how He's looking like He's picking on us. Uh, also, the Word is confusing without the revelation of who we are as a people naturally. And uh, also, you know, we're blaming the white man. We're, making, we're empowering him and treating him like he's superior for doing all these things to us. With, I take that power away from him. He's just mere men that the reason we're going through what we're going through because of the forefathers, what our forefathers did and how the Father has come against us. Now, again, those of us that's born again in our houses, we don't have, we're not walking in these curses. No, 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 I don't believe that. But our nation, the nation we are associated with is walking in these curses, no doubt about it, because we truly are Israel. It's just as simple. So hopefully y'all understand the difference while here on Five Song, I lean so much towards the Israelites versus this topic tonight. But I just wanted to spend a little time and just share how, you know, it's not just me, but all of the listeners, all of the guests I've had on pretty much believe what I'm sharing tonight. Sister Eliana, of course, can't come on. I don't know if y'all know it now, but she's still working with the elections. And so that's why she's not on. But I know she believes this way. We are truly new creatures in Christ. So I thank the Father for the gift. I thank Him for making and putting us in Christ and, and, and hiding our identity in Christ to where we can come to Him boldly, as one scripture say, Come boldly before the throne world. How are you going to come boldly if you don't go through Christ? What can you go tell him you fed some people at the, down on the food kitchen trying to go enter into this holy God, this holy Elohim? I don't think so. you got to go through the identity of Christ. Look at it like a credit card. We have to charge it to Christ. That's literally what it means to go in His name. So this is glorious news talking about how we now are living in His name. Literally living in His name. This is what it means. This is what the dim demons understand when we go to cast our demon. We can't cast our demon based upon our merits. We have to go in who Christ is. Now you understand why the scripture says, whatsoever you church people, or it says, whatsoever you bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. 
We're like ambassadors. Whatsoever we do down here, they amen it up there. They back us up. It says, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on the earth, we'll loosen it in heaven. Literally, the heavens back us up as we operate in Christ, as Christ. Folks, this is the true gospel. This stuff we're hearing on, on Sundays and Wednesdays, works-driven, where you can move the Father by your wish. I understand fasting and praying you can move the Father, but it's only because fasting and praying help you believe what the Scriptures already said you are, and then with faith and believing, there goes that promise. He says, if you do this, I will do this. So you're just activating what he already said he would do. So that's what's going on with that, folks. Uh, I can go on and on and on with this. This is so easy to talk about. I don't even have no notes in front of me. I'm just doing this out of my head. Of course, I have to Google some of the scripts because I didn't, don't remember where everything is at. But this is just Brother Seth. I mean, this is just Brother Seth. So anyway, 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 what a blessing. I mean, truly, 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 what a blessing. I mean, this is the greatest gift ever given to man, salvation, one-on-one. Love every single one of you. Love every single one of you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Again, this is called Kelsey, K-E-L-S-I-E, and this is a young lady on YouTube, and I hope you all blessed by this rendering of, uh, again, Waymaker. She's a little ghetto, but I think it'll be funny, and you also will be blessed. He is a Waymaker. I mean, this this we share tonight is the ultimate way he made so next week, uh, stay tuned, and we'll we'll uh, keep you up there as to what we'll be talking about next week. Actually, Sister Eliana is supposed to be on next week talking about the seed of the serpent. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I think she's going to be, um, she said she would be able to do that. So I think we'll be talking about the seed of the serpent, the origin of, um, of a certain people on the planet that she feels like is not necessarily born from Genesis. Uh, the Genesis man and woman, she thinks is one creation, and there's another creation that's literally born on this earth from Satan. And so she, I'm gonna let her do that. I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan, but I don't. I don't know that to be true. So I'm gonna let her run with that, and uh, I'll, we definitely will make a scripture though. And so um, we'll just see how how much it lines up with the scripture, uh, or maybe it's be maybe even the apocrypha. But uh, that's next week. Uh, stay tuned for more details on that. Good night, and may Yahweh Israel bless every single one of you. And I want to just say to the nation of Israel scattered throughout the four corners, awake Zion, awake, awake, put on thy strength. All right, here's Kelsey, and she sings um, Waymaker. Good night. Yo, yo, yo! Yeah, listen. I don't went to churches like I don't went and got me something to eat. Look, I got a full plate of food. I can't even eat. Oh, 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 oh. I can't even eat my food, right? Let me tell y'all why. Y'all chicken in. Don't look at my hair. I know I look a mess. But this is how you know I love God because I'm on Facebook looking ratchet. Hello, but I got something for y'all. Um, I got to get this out for y'all, okay? Y'all know I just posted on Facebook that I needed 10 people to post Waymaker 
miracle worker. Just 10. That's all I needed was 10 people. <laughs> Y'all better know he a way maker. You hear me? Do you hear me? You better know he a way. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Somebody need that. I bet you won't shot way maker right now. Hey. So listen. I'm going to give y'all a little bit of this song. I'm not kind of feeling in love with it a little bit. Y'all know it. If you know it, sing it with me. Y'all ready? Somebody, y'all need this, whoever it is, other than me, because I need it. I 